Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. They said that evil never dies and yet here I still am. I am your host, Kofi Outlaw, and with me again today are my co-hosts, Janelle Wheeler. Hello, everybody. And Matthew Aguilar. What up? And if you couldn't tell from that ominous introduction today, it is the spooky season officially, so we are going dark with some horror. We are going to review the new film, Halloween Kills. Plus, we got to talk about that new Scream trailer that just dropped. We're also going to talk about some of these new trailer we got for Hawkeye, the drama we're having in both the Superman and Spider-Man franchises. We got a lot to get to today, and it could get peppery, which is one of my favorite episodes, you know, kind of types that we have. I love it when things get peppery around here. So let's get started right away, right up the top. The new movie of the week is going to be Halloween Kills, the sequel to uh, David Gordon Green and Danny McBride's 2018 Halloween reboot which basically acts as a direct sequel to the original Halloween uh, with Michael Myers having been in prison for 40 years after those original murders, kind of ignoring the rest of the franchise. And Halloween Kills is the sequel that picks up immediately after the ending of the first movie. We kind of now are learning that this new Halloween franchise is literally going to be like one night in kind of like a minute to minute type deal. So this picks up the next chapter of the story and what I will say is, uh, if you've seen the reviews out there about Halloween kill, Kills, Kills, I don't know why I'm saying that. I've been hanging out with my kids too long. Uh, Halloween Kills, it is that it is more of a divisive chapter. The first chapter of this reboot was almost kind of universally, universally acclaimed by fans as being a kind of really good recreation of the original John Carpenter tone and feel of Halloween. And Michael Myers is the shape while still kind of honoring his larger mythology that has kind of grown over time. Um, this movie is a little bit different. It takes a very unexpected approach where in it involves a lot of the townspeople and it's kind of this almost like weird anthology movie of just like little vignettes and stories about the townspeople and the novelty of it, like in the novelty of the first one was kind of recreating you know, Carpenter's Halloween style in the way Michael Myers did things in the way it was filmed. This one goes a little bit more fan indulgent by bringing back actors from the original films who were like the original townspeople in, in kind of the ones and bringing them now, you know, all these years later back and, and dealing with like how their characters were traumatized by that night and Michael Myers and them wanting to now use this new opportunity to go out and get him. And this takes over the movie in a lot of ways. So it's a very kind of jarring and weird shift in focus. I don't know if you sit down and actually watch these movies eventually. I think it'll be different when you sit down and watch all three of these Halloween movies together as like a single night, like big, you know, single night horror, which is, you know, not new to the horror franchise or genre, but as a single night horror story, 
I think it'll make more sense when you see them together, but it is very jarring having gone all of these years and then the delays and having to kind of try to jump back into this universe and do it in this way by meeting all these other characters and move around and see all this other stuff happening in the town and making the town itself like a bigger universe. It's pretty jarring and it gets pretty weird because like I say, it plays like a set of weird anthology stories that are horror, but almost like have a weird Tarantino feel to a lot of them with these quirky, because everybody has to be made quirky really quick before they get horribly murdered. And this movie is probably the most brutal horror Halloween movie I've ever seen since, since Rob Zombie. Well, there's Halloween that too. then. Yeah. I mean, um, people they, like that. Yeah, I mean, yes, but I mean, in a, in it's a kind rough, of, man. It's it, there's a yeah. couple that are very rough. Yeah, in like a torture porn kind of way. Like, yeah, Oof. we're going back to hostile torture porn type stuff. Like, where Michael Myers isn't just dispatching people; like he's getting to indulge in dispatching people a little bit. And yeah, it get it gets kind of crazy. But uh, like I said, I think it's gonna be interesting when you step back and watch all of these as one big story. Because this will be like the second chapter wherein, like, yes, we expand out in almost like a Tarantino way to see what's going on as this reverberates through the town. The first was just him coming back and the initial attacks and the shock and all that. And this one is how it gets bigger and bigger and bigger. And, you know, then the third film is going to be kind of, you know, final showdown type stuff. So it's going to uh, be good to see. That Chicano kid in the chat says, just don't go into it looking uh, to get attached to any of these characters. <laughs> yeah, no, you meet very people true. that are very fun and then, yeah, they die horribly. So, yes, <laughs> be flexible. That's my advice. Halloween kills, be flexible. So, do you recommend it? I, I would. I mean, I recommend this whole series. And uh, I think Matt, at, like, very kind of put it in the chat. Are, are we debating? Is this the best reboot of a, like a franchise we've seen? You know, pound for pound, chapter for chapter. And I think while this one, while this one is weird and kind of jarring initially, I think there will be a kind of a, a larger argument to be made when this is all said and done of whether this is the best direct sequel kind of reboot that's ever been pulled off. I think we can go there and talk about that. So I, I recommend people see it. Plus, it's Halloween season and you right. ain't got many other choices. So <laughs> this is out in theaters now. And if you have uh, any kind of Comcast cable subscription, Xfinity subscription, you are automatically signed up for Peacock. All you gotta do is tell your little remote Peacock and Halloween Kills is also available free on Peacock. So, you know, there you go. Yeah, I, I think you're right, though, as far as the uh, when when we have the three. This is kind of like a, a weird middle issue of a story arc. Yeah, if we're relaying the comics. And so once you have the trade and you're able to see it all together. But even just as an individual thing, I actually enjoyed it way more than I thought. Because, like, you know me, I'm not like the biggest horror person anyway, but. Halloween and like like that's just never been my series, so like I don't have that like love and affinity for it. But I still really enjoyed the quirky, weird characters, no, uh, or even just the setups. Like there's a setup here involving a drone that's just so random, and it's just like, why is that happening? But I don't know. It kind of kept you. It kind of kept you in the mix. Even and that's though, and that's a weird thing. It's like I said, it's jarring, but it's not bad yeah. because there's great character actors for each of these characters. I mean, they even go get people who look like normal people, like real townspeople. It's not like everybody in makeup. And right. a lot of the kills are very, they're filmed in a way that lets you know they're supposed to be like vintage slasher kind of 80s. They even look like some of the effects and kind of hokey effects and some of the kills and stuff. Um, so if you're a horror like aficionado, you're going to appreciate a lot of this. There's a lot of Easter eggs for like people in the genre who are really hardcore horror fans. 
Um, and, and like you said, each one of these little vignettes is pretty interesting, right? And you do get attached and you care and you're like, oh man, I didn't want to see that person die so horribly. <laughs> yeah. I was hoping they were going to make it and like, no, they don't make it. But uh, yeah, it is going to be weird. And like, I think the trade is the best kind of comparison you've said is like, that's a very good thing. It's like single issue. This is weird. But when you read the whole trade, you'll be like, okay, this is, I see how this good is good. And there are some of Michael Myers' best sequences in in this movie. And what this kind of does for him is make it like he's a really good he's a pretty efficient killer. Like he's he's like the he's like the bond or born of killers like seriously. Like you put him in a room and he just looks around and he's like, "Okay, I can murder with this." And he just like there's just like a thing where somebody has like one of those, you know, neon lights in their kitchen. Oh my and, god, I was thinking that same one. Yeah, and that guy, and you're like, that's not a bad idea. Like, if I'm ever in it, like that's a good idea. <laughs> if oh, I need a weapon, like yeah, I had to so, turn away. That one that one hurt me. Yeah, that, I mean, there are a lot that hurt you in this one. So uh yes, I recommend Halloween Kills. All right, but um check it out. We have our review on uh, comicbook.com horror. We have a great review if you want to break it down in more detail. So check that out. And uh yeah, like I said, it's on Peacock or in theaters now. Um, I wasn't expecting this because I've been off this week. I've been taking some uh, break while the kids are on break. But uh, we got a new trailer for Scream. We have a new Scream movie that's coming out in 2022. Yes. And uh, yeah, this was the first teaser for it. And I didn't think I could be lured back into a Scream movie. I really didn't. Like, I was highly skeptical. I saw all the way through Scream 4. I was a 90s kid. These were like our movies. When these first came out, the first Scream blew our minds. Two killers? Right. What? Like, what are you? what are you talking about here? So we, I love that series. I saw it through Scream 4. I tried to hang with everything for the series and all that, but uh, this looks like it could actually pull it off, like another direct sequel. So how long will we be talking about Halloween before we have to now raise up this Scream franchise possibly as another contender for you yeah. know really good reboot? And if you haven't checked on the, out the trailer, do go watch it on uh, comicbook.com horror. It's up there right now. And basically... It's just Scream again, but what does this one do? It, it, it like the Halloween reboot, it kind of understands what made the original fun and how to update that in certain ways. And so there's a whole element, and they do the same thing they used to do, they did for the original Scream, right? They show you the scene of like the first kill mm -hmm. with like the Drew Barrymore now, whoever the new actress is. I'm not up on these kids yet. Um, but what's fun about this one is now, yeah, it shows you how you can play with the things like technology in our lives, right? So there's whole first sequences about that playing on nuts. our phone and playing Such our phone good, yeah. and then hacking her like home security system and unlocking the doors and locking the doors and unlocking the doors I'm and doing about that. that. Yeah, and that is why my locks will never be due. You go to analog. No. Everybody's running now back to analog I'm locks. I'm worried yeah. about the, the AI taking over and killing us. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, I mean, then I still put stuff in front of my doors. All There's right? no like, need I'm, to worry I'm, about so that. Yeah. So do I. Yeah. Uh, no, I, I'm a simple man, you know, tying a string to a can if I think I'm in a strange place just to see old pirate tricks and whatnot. We are definitely yeah. showing our age right now. Yeah, <laughs> we are. Yeah, no, I'm all, I'm all about the old pirate tricks, balancing something on the top ledge, you know, some blood Dude, simple I type stuff. Do this. That's yeah. so good to know I'm not the only one. <laughs> no, nah, man, I'm old school with the tricks. I was Dude, I had, when I was in, uh, I can't remember exactly when, I think this was after college, but there was an apartment. I was living in Houston again, and there was an apartment that had an especially big window, and it was in the bedroom. And I'm not kidding, because like I was single at the time, I rarely slept in the bedroom. Like I always fell asleep on the couch, right? So like I barely even used it. But because I didn't have eyes on it, I didn't like that. So I literally stacked all of my moving boxes in front of that window. I covered 
the window. The window, the window was like super tall. Forever. And I had a massive boxes there. I never moved them. They were there for the entire year I lived there. Vampire. I, moved out. The I was like, no, no one is getting in that window without me knowing. But to bring it all back, the great thing about this screen movie is this new ghost face killer seems really smart. He would have gotten around that. I mean, he would have messed with you. He would have. He would have gotten you. But like for your ordinary person, I just want to know. Like, I just want to know stuff's coming. But this is okay. So if you guys can't track this, this is how well this trailer has done is it's already freaked out my entire team. They're having traumatic memories of the stacking boxes in front of windows. Everybody's like, yeah, but it did a good job of making you freaked out in your own house again. Right? Like, and, <laughs> yeah, I, I in 2021. So mission accomplished. And yeah. they bring back cast members for these things. It can be really cheesy, but having like i got like that little thrill when i saw nev campbell right step back. come on that cindy prescott the line i mean and already she's dropping lines like an action hero i'm sydney prescott of course i've got a gun like yeah so good. Just, so david good. Ar- and even david arquette and courtney cox it's like yes i love seeing them i'm so Although, glad that everybody hate, came back yeah me too and then this like it made me again it feels like the original scream just years later but still right. something like preserved and fun and going to be surprising again I and think the, in the sequences look fun. So yeah. you made the comparison, right? Cause you, you even said like, this is this very much, I feel like how you like this trailer partially is just because of like where, when you grew up. Right. And for me, like my, I'm not a big horror person, but the franchises I did gravitate to were in that block of time. It was kind of bookended by scream. And then in the middle was like, I know what you did last summer. And then it was like final destination, like that final destination yep. kind of bookends that kind of 96 to like two, you know, early two thousands of when yeah. horror movies grabbed me. And so this very much like, I get mad at the things I, I yelled at Michael at people in the like Halloween for like, why would you do that? Like, that's so stupid. You're going to die. Right. And I'll let that slide in a scream. Why? Because just, I have a personal affinity for that franchise. So like, I feel like for what Halloween and what Halloween kills likely did for those fans of the franchise that got, this got me hyped like that, that I, I'm, I'm excited for it. Um, I will also say the, I mean, we can't take away the screams charm and what it does is it is also very meta. So it uses yeah. tropes of horror in a way, in a smart way to kind of fool you about what it's actually going to do. But it got harder to do that because then it had to start getting meta on itself until it was just beating <laughs> itself with meta-ness. It became so, Deadpool. Yeah. And so <laughs> I think what they're doing is smart again. And I can already see the humor because there is humor in Scream too. There's a joke. It, it is a kind of winking joke about horror itself. And I think what's kind of funny about this one is they are just kind of doing that meta thing. But just for, like I said, for, for 2021, like with smart houses and things like that and being like, Yep, this is how Scream functions today because we've done all this stupid stuff that can still get us killed really easy and, you know, really making you scared of all this stuff you think you're protected by, which is going to be a neat little trick. So, like I said, check out that trailer, Scream 2022. It's now on comicbook.com horror. You should really go check that out because, yeah, this one's a surprise. So, all right, I think we should uh, take a break, pay these bills. Then we're going to get into this deep stuff we got to talk about. We got to talk about what's going on with the Spider-Man franchise, that Hawkeye trailer, what's going on with Superman that has everybody up in arms and my neighbor coming to me in the front of my yard and all that. And so, yeah, we're going to talk about all this. I can't wait to hear that about. story. And we're back. We're back. 
and I didn't get scared this time. So good for me. All right. Let's talk about what is going on with Spider-Man. Matt, do you want to kind of take us through this one? Holland. Uh, you're, you're muted there for a sec. Start over. Oh, sorry. Uh, so Tom Holland set off the internet uh, and got everybody buzzing. Of course, everyone just wants a poster. That's all that's making the rounds on Twitter for No Way Home. Uh, but then he comes out here and does an interview and says, and I'm just going to read the quote because this is the this is what everybody got to bear everybody in arms. We are we were all treating No Way Home as the end of a franchise. Let's say I think if we were lucky enough to dive into these characters again, you'd be seeing a very different version. It would be no longer it would no longer be the Homecoming trilogy. We would give it some time and try to build something different and totally change the films. Whether that happens or not, I don't know. But we were definitely treating No Way Home like it was coming to an end, and it felt like it, which then just blew everybody's mind because obviously people were very much like, oh, well, you know, once this movie hits and especially with the tease Venom 2, which we can talk about now, you know, uh, like it's kind of like everyone was kind of looking forward to that happening. And now it's kind of like, well, is when is that happening? Because obviously they didn't put it there for nothing. So it's going to happen. But like, when is that happening? If we're kind of doing a, a reset, there was all these questions coming up. So, I mean, what do you guys feel about that? I, I mean, I'm I, I'm not surprised. I don't know why everyone's acting like they didn't know this. Like, we know that Tom Holland's like, I want to take a break after this film. And, I mean, it, it makes sense. Like, they're going to focus on the other projects. Like, <laughs> I don't know. I, I'm kind of surprised that everybody's so surprised. Yeah, there's a lot of, you get, I mean, there's a lot of Hollywood speak in that answer. Like, they don't basically I, I'm not going to be surprised if nobody touches Spider-Man for a hot minute and just like lets that franchise sit before they figure out what to do next with the actual Spider-Man. But that doesn't mean like there's not going to be Spider-Man films. Sony's building a whole universe. They've already kind of booked things up through 2022. Um, you know, the next Venom movie is can arguably be in 2023 and be all about Spider-Man. Well, I was going to say, do they just pivot there and just make that like Venom gets the big battle as we all would have, we yeah. all assumed it would be Spidey that gets that battle, but no, I mean, Venom. Yes. Yeah, so, I mean, Sony's probably the deal I feel like was already, was always about Marvel getting to tell this story using Spider-Man, its flagship character before Sony in the back end gets to get a, a backdoor pilot and prop up for their Sony universe that would never have had the clout otherwise. Yeah. And that's part of bringing Venom in and, you know, then returning him to his own universe, which they've already tried to get everybody. Andy Serkis has tried to tell you guys, like, this is going to be a blip in and a back a blip out. And we're going to be back in our own universe. You know, Spider-Man could be in that universe. They could do anything. Maybe Andrew Garfield wasn't really involved in no way home, except for that last scene where he gets to get back in the suit and, you know, do other Spider-Man things in a new universe. Like we don't know. There's so many things they can do. Miles Morales, as people saying in the comments is, could be headed to the MCU as that Spider-Man for a while. While you know, they, well, Tom Holland gets a break to do something else for a little bit, but Spider-Man quote unquote, doesn't go away or spider Gwen or spider MJ, like they're trying to set up or whatever is going to happen. Spider you know? woman. Yeah, Spider-Woman, like, you know, you know, Jessica Drew. Like, there's so many ways to take this. So Make them that. doing Holland and them getting a break after this is not surprising. They want a break. They want to do other things. But there's the Spider-Man franchise itself is in so many directions and going to be in so many even bigger directions after No Way Home that, like, that doesn't really mean anything. Yeah, but I did see that <laughs> Cunning Linguist said, why did this worry anyone? Uh, because it's the Internet. <laughs> 
<laughs> because if one person says anything remotely close to this is ending, uh, just like ticket, 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 ticket. That's all. It's all going to happen. Okay, people like yeah. All Will Smith has to say is me and my wife, and then it's like a whole week of headlines after that. You know, it's the internet. So. Moving right along from that, uh, oh, what do you yeah, guys want to say? What do you guys want to see happen? <laughs> what do you guys want to see happen with No Way Home? I put that in there in, as the kind of question this week. What do you guys want to see happen after this? Like, do you, I mean, as much as I want to see, like, I know some people, and just, I'm speaking to the camp of people are going to say, uh, Tom Holland to get his own actual Spider Man movie. And it's like, I get that, but like at this point. <laughs> We've been with Holland so long. Like, I, I feel like even if he were to get a whole Spider-Man movie, like to himself, I don't know if I'd be as interested in in that anymore. Because uh, even, I mean, he's just nickel and dimed all the pieces of this character out and all the various things he's kind of appeared in. Like, I'm never gonna get a better dramatic scene from him. I don't think than you know his death scene in Infinity War. You know what I mean? Like, so um, I'm not stomping for Holland to get his own Spider-Man movie. I think that ship sailed, and you just got to kind of make your peace with it. Uh, I would like to see something crazy like one of the older Spider-Man suit up again or just go into Miles Morales or Spider-Girl or Spider-Gwen or somebody else. That's kind of what I want to see. And I want my Spider-Man 2099 movie somehow, so I don't know how that happens. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I'm with you on that. I just want to see it go somewhere else. I really want to see Spider-Woman. Uh, I just think it'd be so, 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 so cool. And, you know, more Venom. I, I really like Venom, so any way to get spider-man and venom kind of uh, interacting i would be really satisfied with that i know that that's kind of debatable with many many other people but i would personally love more of that interaction so yeah i, I think i think that's the way to go with spidey taking on venom and just making that venom three and give that franchise you know that big giant fight that everyone's been waiting for and i agree with janelle like i've been I, I saw this news and when like when you read the quote it's kind of okay well duh like they're gonna reset because this is very much an mcu sony joint project so if sony gets to now just run rampant and do whatever they want they're gonna need some time to put all the pieces in place i mean to this point we've only had venom movies in sony's spidey universe like they've announced a bunch of stuff but like none of those other things have actually come to fruition yet as opposed to Venom. Like that's the only one. So there's other dominoes that need to fall. So I agree. I'm all on board. Everyone knows is Spider-Woman. That's a, I think that's a, a next great jump. And also because the character, yes, has spider in the name, but also is very much her own character. And is not really tied to the spider family as much as others? So you can do a lot with her. And then you bring them all together later. We can get Spider-Gwen and we get Miles. Like it, uh, You can really build out your Spider-Verse here in the break. Um, so, I mean, I think that's smart. I want to see a twist where you get Alfred Merlina's Doc Ock inhabiting one of the other Spider-Men, like uh, Andrew Garfield, and we get Dude. Superior Spider-Man. Superior! Oh! <laughs> and he survives, and that's like the post credit scene of No Way Home is like, it looks like Garfield Spider-Man dies fighting Doc Ock, but he actually just kind of mine. Explaining that entire storyline always makes me cringe because it's, but it's just, so you're, good. You're going to get all the looks of like, what the hell is this? Why are you talking to me about this? But in execution, flipping loved it. I would love to see it. You know? Yeah. No, I would love to see that. That'd be great. 
just having and then alfred molina can just narrate he said he's old his back hurts he can just narrate from like interior tony stark style yes. like well it's just andrew garfield because andrew garfield would be great playing superior spider yes, he's a sinister that. eyebrows but uh you know i'm just an idea man nobody ever listens here Good we idea. go but and that's so that's going on with spider-man and like yeah we're not surprised hawkeye trailer what'd you guys think Janelle? you guys down with die hard marvel and <laughs> this christmas stuff <laughs> I heard some cool. tweets say some people, some of my buddies from the other side, I don't name from legal reasons, have been going off about this, about how like Marvel Studios doesn't know what to do with Hawkeye, really. And I just said, you know, and to a, to to a fair point, Marvel Comics has never known what to do with Hawkeye either. So, oh boy, I mean, oh, a, man, I always used to think I was the only one on the I didn't like Hawkeye Island. I love Hawkeye. <laughs> I, love, I, I am not a I'm not a, big I'm a Hawkeye guy. I'm a Hawkeye heart and soul of the Avengers guy. Um, yeah. But this is the one causing. I see. I don't understand this. This is the one causing everybody like meh he's been meh the entire time this is the only time he's cool and it's just because Haley Steinfeld's Kate Bishop is right there <laughs> I'm looking forward to this one and I'm ex- I find myself on a weird seesaw like I'm the one now up in the air excited and everybody's like meh it's whatever I don't know it's just so weird to me yeah I'm not super pumped about it but I'm absolutely gonna watch it because obviously like it's content uh but yeah i'm not i'm not very pumped about it, it it's holidays i'm i'm really excited about something mcu holidays that's the christmas cool. music hits like that's right at the really beginning. cool yeah i'm, I'm with I'm you on say, that i think the christmas thing is doing more for this show than people realize like I agree take that. that away if it's just hawkeye on the street i think people would be much less interested than like christmas in new york and seeing the bright holiday things and Things that people really and it's going to be timely this year because we need like a we need a reminder of like bright Christmas outside like in the world type deal. And if it's a weird way we get it is watching Hawkeye jump out of windows. Hey, maybe it is. Um, it's the most and as stupid and derivative as it may be, I think Marvel does die hard is actually or die hard or live free or die hard really is what we're doing here. If you really want to get technical with the uh, Haley Steinfeld stuff, but uh, <laughs> yeah, great. I mean, it's gonna work just because, just on the novelty alone of that, it's just gonna. The work. band's gonna make it. Yeah. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> You're welcome for that. But there are so many other cool things in the show that I'm excited for. Like these people are gonna be fighting like legit assassins. We're gonna get the debut of a new kind of Marvel antihero in Echo. Um, Yelena Bova is gonna be in this and kind of. Belova is going to be making, like Florence Pugh will be making appearance. There's going to be cool fights and stuff like that. And there are funny parts. The whole thing about there are more dangerous arrows than this is, if you're like a parent right now, like that's actually, there's a funny parenting element to this. And like I could see like my son asking me if I were like training him stuff and be like, whoa, like here are bigger arrows than this that blow up. So there's, I mean, it's cute. It's harmless. Um, it's weird. And and they're throwing everything to appeal to you other than the actual Hawkeye character, which is their best bet, right? So good luck. I'm done. You wrapped it perfectly. I, I'm with you on this, on all of it, honestly. Yeah, and bring the kingpin back. If you do something like that, that'll be crazy. I'm with you guys. I can't I'm with you guys. Bring the kingpin back and, and I will be I'll be happy to. Anybody else have any Hawkeye? Hawkeye talk? Hawkeye um, talk. I mean, I just agree with the comments that like this does feel there are a lot of parts of this trailer that do feel like straight out of the comics. And I and I know that run has a lot of love. So like it it is cool for for comic fans to really see that come to life. I'm just hyped for Kate Bishop, man. 
Marvel just all announced right. the Kate Bishop Limited series. Like they're all they're all aboard the train too. So more than married. Let's do that. No, nah, Kate Bishop. I mean, Kate Bishop has long deserved some some bigger exposure. It has been kind of weirdly criminal how she hasn't been able. That was like an easy TV show you could have pulled off. There's a lot of stuff you could have done with that all over the years. But all right, that's neither here nor there. Let's jump over to. Uh, I want to kind of just reverse order. We'll do DC fandom next. Let's talk about the Superman stuff real quick. All right, so. Superman controversy. Uh, it was announced this week that uh, Superman, quote unquote, you know, Jonathan Kent, uh, Clark Kent's son, Jonathan Kent, will come out as uh, LGBTQ plus. Uh, specifically, he will be bisexual. And this has set the world off, right? Dean Cain's opening his mouth and saying stuff. Oh, God, Dean Cain. My neighbor came to my yard, but to my credit, my neighbor, who is a, uh, is a school teacher, it, he came to my yard and he kind of asked me if I heard about it. And he said, I don't get why people are like making this big deal like about this. Like, is that supposed to be like shocking these days? And I was like, I don't think so. And my answer to this when I heard it is I went back and I just quickly what I always do is is context, right? Like context matters. And in there in I feel like if this was a certain type of character we were talking about and it felt like just an arbitrary change, like there would be reason to maybe have an issue with it, but like as soon as I heard it was Jonathan Kent and I went back and looked at the character real quick and I was just like, yeah, that feels like makes sense. Like if you told me Jonathan Kent was bisexual, I'd be like, yeah, probably like it wouldn't. It, and that's not like, right. it, there's no insinuation yeah. under that. It just like, wouldn't surprise me right. because great hair. he's not depicted as like this hyper. And that's what me and my neighbor got into. Like, have they been depicting this guy as like a 1950s macho man who's like sticking out his chest and no is just, Right, yeah, like, not at all. You know, chasing tail every day. Like, no, he's been sensitive. He's like every modern kid I see depict. He's sensitive. He's all mm-hmm. over the place. He's got deep brooding feelings. Like all this. You tell me now he's bisexual. Like, yeah, uh, yeah, he's complicated. Period. Like, I, I get love it. it. And it's it doesn't so surprise fitting. me. It didn't surprise yeah. me when you told me Tim Drake was bisexual. I was like, yeah, I can see that. You know, that makes sense to me too. Like, yeah, just be based on the character. Like, if you told me that kid had been struggling with those feelings for a long time, which is how they presented the story and finally, you know, found himself. I'd be like, I could have told you that from the schoolyard. Tim Drake might've been, you know, right. into other guys. Like that doesn't surprise me. Um, and Yara Floor, who the new Wonder Girl, why shouldn't she get all the tail she wants? I mean, she's gorgeous. She can pull that. Like, yeah. <laughs> I love her. Like she's pulling, she's, and so she's an Amazon. She's pulling girls. She's pulling guys. Like, yeah, I mean, that makes sense to me too. So none of this surprised me personally, because I read the characters and context is everything. Right. right. Mm-hmm. Like, yes. And so this didn't surprise me that the new crop of super kids is thing. I was just, I mean, I don't know what my own kids are going to say to me. They could be, you know, eight hexagon polysexual by the time I get to this age. So who knows? Just preparing. So, yeah, none of this was surprising to me personally. It doesn't feel arbitrary. It feels like this fits the kid and it would make sense to me. So, right. Yeah. There we are. No. Yeah. The point is, it's not jarring. It, it fits and I enjoy it. Like, and they've done a heck of a job with these storylines. And I'm not, I'm not afraid of where it's going to go at all. I'm actually really looking forward to it. And yeah, I love it. And I love that they, they announced it on coming out day. Like I just, it, they, it was really exciting for not just me, but like a lot of my friends who are part of that community, they were really pumped. Right. So. And that, and that comes up, right. Cause I, I know there was, you know, obviously, uh, unfortunately, uh, these kinds of, you know, reveals and, and announcements automatically get pegged as, um, PR stunts, 
They automatically, they like, that's all you see. And to an extent, yeah, yeah they to are. an extent it is, but it's also one of those things where it can be both yeah. a, a smart opportunity to like talk about a character and also get them like get this information out there and yeah, also and a celebration. be a celebration of them yeah. and okay. this, you know what I mean? So like, yeah, it, but it's just it like, be it, everything. Becomes, <laughs> it becomes all like, it always has that negative connotation. And I feel like we need to take that out of it sometimes and be like, look, it is realistically something they wanted to announce on this yeah, day. I just, not to stop you, but I want to just respond to something in the comments in real time. Because this is just, in. I feel like, I know some people think they're making an argument here that's logical, but this is, there's a point where you're just reciting a line. Like, right now, if you're saying, make new characters that are, are of these sexualities and not old characters, convert them, like, that's just a line you're saying because Jonathan Kent is, a, is new a new character. character. Yeah, <laughs> Jonathan Kent is a new character. He's only like a couple years old. He's Superman's son and with Lois Lane and he's he's a teenager. He's only been created recently. So he is a new character. Yara's a new character. Yeah, like, Yara's a new character. Tim like, Drake's the only Tim one Drake's out of the, the only one from the 90s. About. And right. technically in canon he's still a young character. Like he's yeah. not a fully grown character. So this is a new character. Because he has the name Superman doesn't mean he's not a new character. Like and that you can't make the name Superman can't be any kind of other sexuality. It, there's different characters who are going to be Superman. There's a black Superman from another reality. This is Superman's son from a certain reality. This is who he is. You know, they're going to be different Superman, but this is a new character. So let's just put that on the table. Agreed. Okay. We can, we can keep moving past that. Yeah. Uh, Janelle, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to weigh in before we uh, no, move just on? I'm just really excited about all of it. I'm I'm really pumped. I'm loving these comics and I'm loving because I am new to um, you know, a lot of the DC content. I, I really do feel like I've always leaned into Marvel. So like seeing DC and how much they do, like especially in comics, I've just been really enjoying the DC comics. I know you guys have like gotten on to me for the DC stuff, but I've loved the DC I did comics not. I and did the not. Batman. <laughs> I've been about it. So I'm just pumped. I'm I'm really excited. I'm really excited about all of it. <laughs> <laughs> I will never get on you for that. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, yes. Uh, and we just went over this. Yes. Superman is not a new character, but his son is in, this would be new no matter how you took it, whether sexuality, sexuality was involved or not. So neither oh, here DC nor there. content, the Batman posters, we did just get a call to that in the chat, which happened during, I think our welcome screen, by the way. All right, well, we're going to start talking DC fandom, and we'll see about these. Yeah, perfect. All right, so let's make the hop over, Matt. You want to kind of take us through some DC fandom stuff? Yeah, it's just it's it's more about you know we've got, we know that there are a couple of things we know. Obviously, we know that the Batman trailer it, it's probably going to be the biggest reveal. Yeah, I mean that's what we're all here for of the, of the show. We're going to be they did release for that. teaser for for it, and I gotta say, I said this when we when we first talked about the the original teaser. That like he was Pattinson was on his way to becoming my favorite Batman voice. Granted, the competition like I don't like I don't tend to like a lot of the gravelly like I can't stand Bales like they're so over the top right. But this is so far, and we got another tease where he says a line. This Batman voice rules! Like I'm so excited! Like if it keeps up this pace, he's gonna easily be my favorite Batman voice. Um, so we know that's gonna be the big thing. We obviously also know that the upcoming Suicide Squad game. And Gotham Knights, they have been heavily teasing things. We know those are also going to have trailers most likely, but also hopefully for the love of Lord release dates. Cause like that's 
the biggest thing uh, with those games. Uh, we know we're going to get a Peacemaker, you know, kind of big rollout debut, I'm sure, for that HBO Max series. And then it's kind of like, okay, well, what do we expect? Other, What other stuff do we expect? Um, for me, I'm hoping to get like an Aquaman look. I imagine that we will get some kind of featurette or something. I don't know if we'll get a full trailer, but we'll get like a, te a teaser or a featurette or something about the new Aquaman. Uh, for me, the biggest thing is like a Batgirl HBO Max first look something. <laughs> I, want, I don't care if it's just an image of of her from the set or whatever. Like I'm excited to see that come to fruition. So I'm hoping there. Um, you know, I would hope for HBO Max. Uh, look at HBO Max's Green Lantern series that we've talked about a lot on this show. Um, so I mean, those are the big things I'm hoping for, and then the things we know that are that are coming. Uh, what do you guys want to see happen? Is there something? Me and Janelle just tried to give you guys a low tech. Oh, Nick is on uh, it. Nick, yes, in the background. Nick. He's a baller. Let's go. Yeah, so that's one of our new Batman posters. Yeah, I mean, it's I like the second one better. The Riddler one. Don't stretch him. The he Riddler just one this is one. Yeah, we got this one up. That was like a, a minor miracle. I'm sorry, Nick. Yeah. Oh, so, uh, yeah, there there's the Riddler. Yeah, there you go. So these capture the creepy yeah. tone. This is good. Um, yeah, the Batman is my headlining thing. Obviously, I've, everybody's been waiting years, literally, to see this trailer. So I'm really looking forward to it. Um, but I think DC has a lot more cards than we think, like right now. And I think people forget how deep. And this was the time for them to spin off their own thing because they've organized it in a way that's fun for us. Like, here are the movies, here are the TVs, here's the gaming, and here are the comics. Here, you know, pick your thing. Like, here, we're going to do it. And obviously, they start with... Not the weakest end, but the one that's going to generate <clears throat> the least interest. Or they give you a little taste of each throughout the day. And they organize it well, and it's easy to follow. So I'm looking forward to the Batman trailer. But I'm mostly looking forward to just seeing the first looks, like you said, of things. Because there's when you just talk about first looks, first look at the new Aquaman stuff and finding out, <clears throat> are we getting Aqualad and Calder or Garther? How is that all going to play out? What is the concept of that story? Same with Shazam. In Black Adam, oh. just seeing the costumes and all that stuff. The Flash, I keep forgetting. The Flash, the Flash. Yeah, yeah, Alex in the comments says nobody said anything about Flash. Yeah, no. Alex, poor <laughs> Alex. I'm sorry, Alex, man. Like, I feel like we're letting you down today, big time. But yeah, <laughs> the Flash trailer, like we or like we want to see a teaser because that, I mean, that's epic right there. Just seeing the two Batman on screen, like Michael Keaton and Ben Affleck, will shut things down. Um, yeah, just seeing the rock and his black Adam costume debut and Hawkman and all that cool stuff and the visual concepts for that movie will shut things down. Um, but HBO Max, like you said, the Batgirl series, anything about and just any information about Gotham PD and like what's yeah, going on with that, just the funniness of Peacemaker. Um, I feel like there's something else on HBO Max we're also forgetting that could be revealed. The animated side, looking at I I would love if they did Harley Quinn and did something, made some kind of reference joke to the Batman right. kind of controversy about the Batman Catwoman sex thing and kind of joked with that. Uh, again, Blue Beetle, Blue Beetle, um, Bruce yeah. Timm's new animated series. Yeah. Like all of these are even minor things. And just the games, Gotham, uh, what's it called? Uh, Gotham Knights. Gotham Knights and uh, Suicide Squad, Kill the Justice League and, and all that stuff. And, you know, yeah, they got a lot of cards this year. There's a lot of fun stuff that we can just get looks at. Oh, that Naomi too. Play. Yes. Naomi. Oh, so excited for that. I saw uh, that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you, Gold Rhapsody, for shouting yeah. that out in the comments. <laughs> yeah, man, there's, there's a lot of fun things and just things they could announce too. Like, I mean, just a whole slate of new stuff they could announce or just confirm. Because DC has had like 
I mean, it's a whole Schrodinger's cat over there. Like everything is alive and dead at the box at the same time. <laughs> and so like anything we can figure out is alive again, like, you know, that'll be, it'll be really good to see. So I'm, I'm really kind of looking forward to Fandom in a big way. I didn't. Question in the chat. Uh, does anyone know how many hours DC Fandom will be, Alex? How many hours you got? <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. It, it is last long. Time? It was all day last time. It, it was, was, it was, like it was 8 a.m. to like 8 p.m. or something crazy. Like oh my gosh. Hours. Yeah. Longer yeah. than I thought. Oh my gosh. It was, it was a lot. And and the thing was, aside from like a stray panel here and there, they filled that time last time around. That was a That's lot. That's what I'm saying. It was, it was in like, it wasn't like split all over the place. Like yeah. Comic Cons are, are kind of like you just had to watch, you could watch the stream all day and there was a reason for you to come back. And they, uh, and they give you things that you are obviously break periods. Like, let's talk about this one person drawing a live Batman. It's like, okay, time for me to go pee, make some lunch, <laughs> like, you know, do all this stuff right now. I'll be back. J Matt's saying 24 hours. Yeah, but I think is it full twenty four <laughs> hours or did it is it two broadcasts of twelve the twelve hour thing? I forget which one. That would make sense. Yeah. I feel like that because I think they of do sleeping. It, yeah, <laughs> people do it in different time zones. I think they do two back to back twelve hour broadcasts is what I think it is. Um anyway, in this, yes, this this is a Schrodinger's cat show. We are always alive and dead in the show at the same time. We just see each week if which one it is. But um yeah, so a lot to look forward to at Fandom. We are gonna have a full breakdown of this ongoing thing on comicbook.com DC. So be sure you guys tune in all day because you're going to want to be here for all the latest. You know, Brandon Davis is going to be fast tweeting all of this stuff. So check that out. Check out a comic book nation Twitter feed. We'll be kind of uh, backing up and letting you guys know all the big highlights. We suss out all the little stuff, let you know all the big stuff. So be sure to uh, follow us on Twitter at comic book nation, but um, let's jump over. Let's go. I think uh, this is it. What we got to do now is comics, right? Yeah. All right, good good time for comics. Let's talk it. Matt, take us away. Yeah, so um, it's funny that we're talking about fandom and like you know potential comic announcements uh, because DC kind of uh, released just some like early looks and announcements of their own. That the biggest one uh, would be the new Chip Zdarsky uh, series, Batman the Night, uh, which is coming at the uh, top of next year. Uh, it's a ten issue limited series, um, and it's. It's weird because when I first saw it and like they do, hey, here's a look at Batman's origin, like eye rolls hit automatically because I'm like, oh, my God, how many times do I got to see this thing <laughs> play, play out? If I see the pearls flying one more time, I'm going to vomit, right? Like it happens sometimes, right? But what's interesting is like the whole – and this seems in continuity, by the way. It's not like its own tale. It seems like that way that it's in continuity. Um, it's filling in the time between when his parents actually passed – when they actually died and like the days after and then when he became batman so it's kind of like because like in year one and other things we've seen his early days as batman but there's not a ton of stuff out there that like really dives into the like, kind of the time in between like we've seen the stuff with like um you know the uh league of shadows and things like that we've seen some of that like training and stuff but like this is supposed to kind of delve into more like how he got to wanting to do that in the first place like sorting through all the grief and all those things in between uh if someone can make that work chip zadarski is one of the people that can make work his recent stuff in urban legends and cheer was excellent and it kind of delved with some of that pain in his past so i have hope for that like the the concept wasn't necessarily something i was like oh yeah i need that but if with like nine batman books out 
this is at least an interesting take on that particular thing. Um, and then also we got a new uh, Daredevil series, ironically, <laughs> from uh, spinning off from Chip Zdarsky's uh, Daredevil series where Elektra became Daredevil. Uh, we now have the Woman Without Fear uh, series that's going to kind of continue that. And then in Daredevil, you know, I like he's been in prison and stuff like that, but they'll sort that out. So that's going to be put into its own series. Uh, so lots of lots of stuff going on there <laughs> uh, in Chip Zdarsky's world. Uh, moving into comics this week, uh, this is actually the finale. I'm kind of sad of Star Wars: War of the Bounty Hunters. Uh, I know. Oh, it's no Matthew. Well, it's okay, it's the for. finale of this arc, which I was going to get to. <laughs> <laughs> because like like the things we've talked about uh, today, it, this is a trilogy. Uh, and we're going to, we got actually at the end of this book, we got a lot of kind of like, hey, here's when those are coming. Hey, here's your first look at the next one. Like there was a lot of information kind of at the end of this book. But for this first arc, this is kind of the finale to this. Uh, I know we've been loving these books overall, but, you know, Kofi, what would you feel about this one in particular? Oh, I just hit the wrong button. <laughs> <laughs> He's like, I, I'm not. Oh saying. man, um, I think War of the Bounty Hunters reminded me a lot of uh, the X Men crossover Ten of Swords, in which it it kind of teases epic crossover. But it's really just a party, but uh, it was a fun party. So, like I said, we always knew that this series was kind of operating within limited parameters because it has to fit within the larger canon of Star Wars while telling this epic tale that brings all these key players together without interrupting anything that happens by the time we get to return of the Jedi. And they pulled that off. They threaded that needle and they even helped set some things even in clear explanation for how, why things are the way they are. Like why is Jabba so powerful by return of the Jedi and like what's going on. Um, and yeah, there are a lot of teases. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to get to this. And they also tease some things within the canon still that surprise you and make you say, oh, I didn't know this could still exist, like between now things moving in to out of the original trilogy into the sequel trilogy and the time of the Mandalorian and all that, like, oh, they tease some things in just one picture at the end of this, and you're like, wait a minute. And people in the comments are referencing it and, and kind of saying that. Because, yeah, and I'll just say this spoiler, like, yeah, there's... This arc just brings back Crimson Dawn and it kind of sets up things that the Knights of Ren and the Crimson Dawn are connected and stuff like that, and that's going to keep fans going in for the next arc, Crimson Rain, which shows how Crimson Dawn tried to really seize power, and probably through the chaos of the Empire's collapse and all that stuff. So, pretty exciting stuff, and these Star Wars comics continue to surprise us with how well they can find spaces to play within canon and make it exciting and keep it going, too, so... Not only did this series re-bring back Kira in a way, because people really love that character from Solo, but you know we never felt like we're getting Amelia Clark was ever going to get a chance to do that again. So now we have Kira back as a major character, and it's also set up a variety of other of the other books in the crossover for exciting new arcs. Like where does Doctor Afra go from here? Where do even some of the bounty hunters that have grown on me go from here? It, it all kind of has worked out in that way. So, yeah, Star Wars comics are, are official, man. And if you guys aren't checking them out, you should be. Yeah. Janelle, what do you think? Yeah, I am shocked because, again, I am a casual Star Wars fan. So but I you're the control for this experiment. You. That's why you're Me here. Too. People don't understand. Dude, I loved this 
book. I love the series. I cannot wait for more of the Crimson Dawn, even though I know nothing about them. Like I am so excited. I actually think this is my favorite book of all of the books that we read this week. And I'm just blown away that I like this. Like I would, I would rather read this than watch one of the films. I'm that into it. Uh, yeah. So I'm just really, really excited about a comic book and it makes me really pumped about it. Um, it's, I feel like we get more context and information on even like, like Jabba the Hutt and, and just like Boba Fett is so Boba Fett. Like, it's just so good. And I'm just, I'm just really excited about this book. Like if you guys have not checked it out, you really, really should check these out because even if you're a casual consumer of Star Wars, I think this will make you want to rewatch the films and get excited about things again. Yeah, yeah, no, I agree. I, I agree with, and, and there were tie-ins too, and we didn't really read these here. Um, and I never, I didn't read any of the tie-ins really. I read them all. I had to, yeah, right. And I figured like that was the opposite for Kofi. And like for me, I didn't feel like it was missing anything. I read these back to forth and like, I didn't feel like it was missing. But I imagine if you read all the tie-ins, it would make this even better, right? Oh yeah, it, it's a very yeah. Rashomon story. And if you don't know what Rashomon is, it's just kind of, the same series of events from different people's perspective. And the tie-ins even did good. Some of them were obscure. They went into like obscure bounty hunter characters, but made them fun and gave them context and just made these minor Star Wars characters kind of fun. So awesome. um, yeah. yeah. And that's what you want, right? Tie-ins yeah. are supposed to do that. Like they're supposed to be supplemental, but add something, but they're not supposed to like be required. No, and, and they, very, this, they pulled that off. Very yeah. Well. They did a very good job here. And I agree with Janelle. Like it actually made me like, I was this one issue, especially I was hype. Like I was just like, I came out of that on a star Wars high. And I was like, Oh, this is, I can't wait for that next series, uh, which actually hits in December. I yeah. Remember right. Crimson okay. Rain hits in December. Um, so that's awesome too. Cause I, I'm also like, if you're going to like wait for that announcement, make it where it's only a month and a half away, you know, like I don't have to wait that long to like jump into that next one. So, um, yeah, no, this so, has been giving me my Star Wars fix, and I need that to continue. I don't know what will happen if it doesn't. So, <laughs> fingers crossed. Uh, let's go. So let's move into. I know uh, James Bond has been a uh, topic of things recently, and Dynamite just uh, launched a new uh, miniseries, James Bond Imeros. I hope I'm saying that correctly. Imeros. Uh, uh, it was Greek, and I was like trying to <laughs> say it. I, I listened to a pronunciation on it, and it seemed Imeros was the Imeros. way they said it. Uh, so I'm hoping that's correct. I've <laughs> not up on my Greek. Um, but uh, this one kind of, again, this is very, um, you know, I feel like anyway, like straightforward Bond. You know, we we get the introduction of the villain uh, at the at the beginning and we kind of see how lethal they are. Um, and then we don't really see Bond till about about midway yeah. through the he's book. A minor presence in this book. Yeah, he's very much like I mean, there's a there's a, a scene, a battle scene, kind of towards towards the end that felt you know very Bondy, um, and, and you get a good setup. I feel like for the next issue, um, but most of this particular issue revolves around Kino, who is the uh, villain of the piece, and then the person they are trying to save. Which, uh, if I recall correctly, what was her name? If you can't remember, uh, it's okay. I feel bad. <laughs> Sarah Richmond. Sarah Richmond. There it is. No, no, uh, don't feel too bad. So I feel bad. Uh, but she's kind of the person that Bond needs to protect. And there's this whole plot. I thought they actually did a really good job of, like, the overall plot I thought was interesting and how they kind of 
explain that out. I just thought like as a launch, it wasn't like the most riveting Bond story. But I mean, what'd you guys think? Oh man, um, I don't think Bond is an interesting comic book concept uh, altogether. I never have. Uh, it's just not. There's nothing so visual about the Bond franchise that makes me want to see it. I mean, it's just a talkie, really. Uh, and this was a talkie, and there was just so yeah. much talkie, 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 and it's just like. <laughs> and I don't mind talkie, but it wasn't just kind of generic espionage. Yeah, generic. <laughs> A generic espionage talk and like yeah and like all these people who none of the art and, and none of the action was dynamic enough to make me care about them all together that much and bond was a minor presence so this book was kind of a it's just kind of a like a misstep for me I, I would have rather done batman imposter which was not too much different but just you know a little bit more exciting yeah Janelle, what'd you think? Uh, I didn't hate this. Uh, Bond content is not really my thing, but I didn't mind this. I would say take it or leave it for me, but uh, not bad. I, I honestly, Kofi, I cannot believe this. I did not notice the talkiness. <laughs> I didn't even realize. And now that you're saying it, I'm like, oh, there was a lot of words there, wasn't it? <laughs> For whatever reason, I just didn't notice it. We've as established much. there's nothing wrong with X-Men. You're just an Orcus agent and we've, we've established <laughs> it. You just creeped out by those mutants. I get it. I get it. I just I guess I just didn't I guess I just kind of understood more of what was happening. Um, because you don't really need backstory to understand Bond. Like you just right. kind of know and it's it's easy to follow. Again, like I, I have no problem going forward with this, like reading another book or two, seeing where it goes. But also, like if I didn't get around to it, I'd be okay with that. I think that explains me too. I think that's yeah. where I'm at. It was like, you know, uh, you can read my full review uh, of it on the site. Uh, but essentially, it was kind of like, I don't hate it. I don't love it. And if I didn't read another issue, it wouldn't be exactly like heartbroken. You know, <laughs> stellar, stellar review. It's a comic. It has pictures. No, I did. Words. I did that in like, you know, 700 words or whatever. <laughs> but essentially, that's got it. Um, you know, so that's that's how we go. But we're going to move from there. Uh, by the way, uh, Brightwood, I know it's not on our uh, list. But yes, Batman Urban Legends was good. I really liked the Batwoman story uh, that kicked that off. Uh, that was that was actually really good as well. Um, so we're gonna move into Amazing Spider-Man. We moved, uh, we hit Amazing Spider-Man seventy-five last time around. Now because we're on this updated schedule, uh, it's gonna be seventy-six, and then we're gonna have two weeks, and then seventy-seven, uh, which will. This was the Zeb Wells uh, issue. Last issue was Zeb as well, and then Kelly Thompson takes over uh, for the next two issues, I think. So they're doing this revolving door. Um, so where we left off, though, Ben Riley. Uh, screwed up <laughs> in a lot of ways. Peter Parker is kind of uh, hurting, and you know we're trying. They're trying to figure out why. And and there's a lot. For me, this issue was very much like we've talked about how I I I love Spider Man, but like there's a very specific mix that I need in my Spider Man, and it's kind of like that. It was a lot of that when I first came onto the character uh, in the '90s. There was this kind of soap opera dynamic, but but it had this perfect mix, and and you can go too far either way with it very easily. Uh, for me, this issue really was like perfect. Like I was, I was, I was digging all the Aunt May stuff and like her chewing out doctors. And there's this awesome little dynamic between her and Mary Jane and Peter. And then Ben Riley comes in and like throws everything in the chaos. And Peter's being very quintessential Peter. I'm interested in the beyond stuff as well. Like there's a lot of 
I don't know. It's like this hit the perfect mix for me. I, I came out like, oh, my God, I think I have Spider-Man back. <laughs> and I was very excited because it's been a while since I've been excited about a damn Spider-Man comic. Uh, and and this for me was kind of like, I think we I think we have it. I think I think we're on the right track. So I came away stoked. I'm interested to see what, what you guys thought. Um, Janelle, you can go first. I'll take that. I'll, I'll, I'll do anchor. This <laughs> oh time. gosh, that makes me nervous. Okay. I know, it does um, <laughs> you know, this, yeah, the, I, the artwork's pretty, um, I, because I don't have a lot of context with this. I don't know Ben's role. I don't know if he's actually a bad guy or a good guy from having no idea what happened prior. I kind of think he's a tool, so I don't Sorry. really like Ben and I don't, I don't think that he should just get off scot-free and just walk away and get to be this hero. And, you know, our Spidey, like Peter is not <laughs> clearly not doing very well. Uh, so I, I, I don't know. I don't really know how I'm supposed to feel. I don't know if that's something that they want their audience to feel like, oh, you should be torn. You shouldn't know if you should like this guy or not. But I'm kind of confused here. Uh, and I'm very worried about Peter. Like, extremely worried and that is why i have to continue on because i cannot <laughs> leave it at that <laughs> like where it is left off is not okay <laughs> yeah i feel you're right on yeah. too with ben riley i feel like you're supposed even okay. for, for those of us who have followed spider-man i mean ben riley has done some really <laughs> wonky stuff and, <laughs> okay. and that character has been in the midst of a lot of things so like even i'm conflicted on that because i think he's a jerk but yeah, okay, also, good to know. Yeah, okay, but, so then they're doing their job. Like they've done a great <laughs> job, and I am experiencing the correct emotions. Then okay, nailed it. Then I'm happy about it. <laughs> All right, Cove, go ahead, Rip, pop um, my balloon. Go <laughs> I, I agree with you with a lot of things. I think there's a lot that they do right. Um, I think though this issue, and it's necessary, and I get it. But I think every time they have to do like a Spider-Man changing of the guard, the thing they mistakenly do is they over-dramatize it. And I feel like this one was over-dramatized. Um, I wish it had just been kind of more somber and serious on the Peter side instead of the drama at the hospital and, and the cartoonishness. Like, there were really good, because it started off really good. Like, I was really thought it was like a powerful thing. Like, when Aunt May could tell that it was Ben on the phone or somebody yeah, else. Was great. And Mary Jane didn't know and couldn't tell the difference. And things like that that were very kind of subtle and good were very powerful to me. And even Peter's stuff that he's going through in his head and, you know, sensing danger because his body's failing. And like that early stuff was good. And then the drama just felt kind of hokey. And I was just like, okay. And it just was a big dramatic way of getting, because in the end, this switch out of Peter Parker and Ben Riley is what it is every time. It's dumb. <laughs> like, it's just a dumb reason. Like, out of all the things Spider-Man's been through, like, oops, didn't think the U-Men, you know, the UFOs have radiation. Didn't think of that one. And I got zapped and now I'm dying is... It's hokey. It's just as hokey as Mephesto or the clone stuff, but that's neither here nor there. Right. Peter's dying. Um, and this was just a big dramatic way of clearing the stage so that Ben Riley takes over as Spider-Man. See, but I don't is... think doing it's not a takeover though. And to me, that's the key part. If if it becomes where Ben Riley is the sole star of the book, which I have no, 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 no. Yeah. Be, then then yes, I agree with that. Like that's stupid. But we're it feels like anyway the intent is to get two very different storylines going for these two characters yeah and, the, and oh, we yeah. just had a discussion about like because i agree with you like there there is an amount of soap operaness to to this very much so and, and they lean in some ways but i need that in my spider-man i it you i can, know. 
easily go over. But we just talked about Superior Spider-Man. That is as that setup is as crazy and hokey as you get. But we it both is, love yeah. it. <laughs> but it's like it's crazy in a kind of comic book way. But like this is like yeah, Ame yelling at the doctors is like an episode of All My Children. You know what I mean? Like I don't need that in my Spider-Man. But let's at least highlight the best soap opera General Hospital. <laughs> oh boy. Anyway. <laughs> I don't, and I like Ben Riley because I don't think he's a jerk. I think he's a guy who was a clone, has been trying to find a life for himself, and has grown a set of cojones over the years, which I which I like because he was very much like the all shucks, oh, I'll just die because I'm Peter Parker's clone, I'll kill myself. Like in the '90s, that's how they depicted him. It was only after a while that he kind of wanted a life, and the power move of him kind of coming to see Peter is still one of my favorite scenes of telling him like, yeah, I own spider, like they own Spider-Man now. And that's like me and I'm taking this life. It's just kind of, and him and the weird psychological stuff with him, his girl being like a fake Mary Jane and all that stuff. Yeah, it's just kind of, but like, like okay, I let's think this is all it. interesting and him finding out that like, yeah, the beyond corporation he's made a Faustian bargain is going to be like a really interesting storyline. Yeah. So but I'm team also- Ben Riley. He's also okay, but you're not acknowledging a giant chunk in the middle there where like he tried to bring all these people back to life, including Uncle Ben, and torture Peter with it. And he went over to Las Vegas and like shot people. I was like, his whole Yeah, that got muddled. Yeah, I can only attach to so much of this Spider-Man mythos. Good guy. Dude, hey, I don't know what's happened to the character because the 2010s were weird, man. I don't know a lot of what happened to Spider-Man in the 2010s. I'm only now checking back in. You were very forgiving. You were very forgiving. I'm honestly, I'm being honest. I don't know a lot of this stuff and I'm never going to embrace it because it all seems so (laughs) stupid to me. That seems stupid. The spider totems were stupid. The one more day was stupid. Like one more day was all of stupid. this. Don't get me started. All of this was stupid. So I'm never going to go back and dig through all this and figure it out. Like I'm still, just jumping in now. I still I have my I nice memories of 90s Ben Riley, who was a nice boy <laughs> in a sweatshirt, and that's what I'm going with. Okay? Fair enough. Uh, uh, you have Halloween, you have Halloween rebooted him. Yeah, exactly. Direct sequel. <laughs> Direct sequel only. Okay. I did not see the Vegas shootings or whatever you're referring to. Like, that just sounds wrong now. Like, I don't know what you're referring to here, and I'm bailing out. So, anybody else? Spider-Man? Anybody else want to touch this? <laughs> anybody? Anybody? Anybody, <laughs> anybody want to touch this? No? Okay. That'll do for comics, I think. Matt, you good? <laughs> Yes, so I'm going to do some mention. <laughs> I'm going to shout out. Our transitions today have been amazing. Um, I'm going to shout out uh, tonight uh, is a supersized. It's a lot of wrestling going on. So it was a supersized episode of SmackDown on FS1. It is two and a half hours. And that last half hour will overlay with AEW's Rampage show, which <laughs> they announced that, well, since we're doing that, they have a whole buy-in pre-show that is going to take place during the second hour of SmackDown. So this is just with all the back and forth of Tony Khan and like, we want to beat you guys, but you know, there's a lot, there's a lot going on tonight uh, as far as wrestling. Uh, So definitely uh, stay tuned for that. And also next week is crown jewel, uh, which is the, you know, annual show semi, you know, whatever in Saudi Arabia. So that's going to command its own thing. Uh, We also got uh, news uh, that G4 uh, has a launch date of November 16th, I, I believe. And then we also got the news that Saved by the Bell season two is like finally coming around later this year. So lots of good stuff for, for TV and wrestling. And that's on, uh, yeah. All right. So that's Matt's mention. I'm just going to say I finished Squid Game and man, 
Finally finished Welcome. it. Welcome. What do you think of the ending? <laughs> Yay! Thumbs up. Thumbs down. I like the ending a lot. Uh, I didn't. Okay. I thought I could predict things, and I didn't predict some of the big twists, and uh, I kind of liked it. And you know, bring me, bring me more Squid Game. So, bring it yeah. to me now. Another. All right. So, yeah, that's that's my big announcement. I saw the end of Squid Game. That's all I'm going to say. All right. I think that's it. This is uh, Comic Book Nation. We want to thank you guys for tuning in. If you're just getting into the show, we are live on Twitch. Facebook and YouTube every Friday at noon Eastern time. If you miss the show, you can just watch the stream afterwards on any one of those platforms. If you just want the audio, we're on all your favorite podcast platforms from Apple podcasts down to iHeartRadio and Spotify. And you can tell any smart home device to listen to comic book nation podcast and it'll fire up. And we are now streaming the show with ET live on Paramount plus Saturday nights, so go out and get that mountain of entertainment on Paramount Plus because it has great programming like us on it. So be sure to check that out as well. If you want to follow us individually, you can find me at Kofi Outlaw. You can find me at Matt Aguilar CB. And you can find me at Janelle Wheeler. Thank you guys for tuning in. And if you like the show, go on Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star review because we'd really appreciate it. This has been Comic Book Nation. Thank you guys for tuning in. We hope you have a good time and get some good content this weekend, and we will see you next week. Peace.